was awesome. This reminds me of a '80s uh, Saturday night club dance, uh, or maybe the '90s. Uh, actually, I've actually only been in one of those. Uh, not the best experience of my life. Uh, so, what's the what's the drill on that uh, piece of music? That is the first light by Mike Noah, same person who did last week's song, also from MeldyLoops.com. Is that uh, is that free, or did we actually have to pay for that? That one was also free. Yeah, awesome. Uh, for those of you who haven't listened before, uh, we've decided to do a new piece of uh, funky music for every single podcast. Maybe at some point we can have a vote. Maybe someone can sponsor that, and we can do a sponsored <laughs> vote for what our actual theme music is. Uh, but welcome to the second episode of So There's That, the podcast. I'm Didge, your host, guide, and sometimes provocateur. Let me introduce my sidekick and co-host, Dante Giacomo. Hello, I'm Dante. So, uh, hey, how was your week? Oh, it's been great. Tiring. Uh, last week was the last week of uh, preparations and the show Godspell for high school. So, which oh. I'm sorry, let me just jump in. As a as a parent, uh, Dante was awesome. They uh, <laughs> Gaithersburg High School. They did a tremendous showing, and I was in near tears as I watched uh, Dante perform. What was your character? Uh, I was one of the disciples. Character's name was Lamar. Never said in the show, so it doesn't really matter. But uh, well, yeah. you certainly dressed as Lamar. I loved your costume. Yeah. No, I was wearing like a purple coat and a green dress shirt underneath it, and pink pants, and like the collars were flipped up, and it was great. Yeah, it was. A, it was a lot of Miami Vice going on in there. Definitely. I don't know if you're old enough to. To have ever heard of Miami Vice? Heard before. of it? I have no idea what it is. That, uh, and it was an emotional night too, because that that was your last musical. You've been doing this for four years now. All four years, senior. Um, and our director, Miss Granados, who we all call Miss G, uh, played a video of all of the seniors like through our lives, and we got flowers, and they gave us pictures of all the people in the theater department. Like they signed it and gave us messages to go on. It's it was, it was a really emotional night. People were crying on stage. Uh, all the parents were crying. Uh, it was terrific. I actually got to talk to Miss G afterwards. <laughs> it was actually perhaps the greatest moment of my life because uh, uh, she saw the two of us chatting. And she came over and she goes, uh, excuse me, are you uh, are you Tante's mom? <laughs> <laughs> I have never been confused for your mom before, uh, so that was fantastic. And I looked at her and I, I and I laughed. Uh, and it, I have to admit, it threw me off because I, I, I wasn't really expecting that. And I kind of said, uh, "No, not exactly." And she <laughs> suddenly realized her mistake, and she goes, "Oh my God, uh, you're Dante's dad. I'm so sorry." And I'm like, "No, really, it's okay." Being confused for your mom you know being read as female genuinely female uh, it just made my day it was your day right <laughs> this was all about you but this that was just that was absolutely incredible um i pre should probably mention i guess uh what i look like and how yeah. i dress uh since this is an audio podcast and not a video podcast um i, I guess you can kind of call it well, okay i call it lesbian chic and I think I'm allowed to say that because I tend to call myself a lesbian trapped in a man's body. Uh, but I tend to wear, you know, black leggings, jeans, boots, flats. Uh, I will wear black high tops with um, leg warmers. Very 80s, very flash dance. That's what I was wearing yesterday. 
you know, and I'll wear like a girl's tee. Uh, today I'm wearing a Doctor Who t-shirt, Impossible Girl. And uh, and then I will wear a blazer or I have this magenta fleece uh, jacket that I love. And I just got new glasses on Tuesday. What do you think? Oh, they're fantastic. Uh, so a little bit more feminine. I've been wearing my hair up a little bit more. I got it glazed last week as well. Uh, and um, and I started to wear a little bit of mascara, just a little bit of light lipstick yesterday. Uh, so, you know, and I'm about 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, so kind of from behind, you know, from peripheral, I get read as female. Uh, certainly my voice <laughs> doesn't read as female. So, But anyway, that was... Um, that was uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So yeah, yeah you asked how my was. How was yours? Uh, I was in New York City uh, this week, and uh, and I uh, I ran into the mayor of Portland. Oh my god, Kyle McLaughlin, who is uh, who's also Dale Cooper. Wow. And, uh, and I'm walking down. I think it was Sixth Avenue. He was coming out of his his, uh, his apartment building, and he's on a scooter. You know, not <laughs> not a motorized one, but like the one that you push. And yeah. he's wearing a little safety helmet. And I looked, and I'm like, oh, wow, that guy looks like the mayor of Portland. And then I realized, oh, my God, this is the mayor of Portland. And I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to kind of pop in and say, hey, I'm a big fan. Because the rules of engagement in New York City are a little bit different. You just you kind of see someone who's a celebrity or semi-celebrity, and sometimes you'll do a head nod. Uh, but you tend to leave them alone because they live there, you know, or, 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 or they're there in business or, or what have you. Uh, also, I, you know, I'm presenting as female. Uh, but not completely. So I'm a little hesitant also to sort of leap out at people and and say hello. Yeah, it's odd. It's also odd because when you walk down the street in New York, you have people who are peripherally reading you as female. And then you have other people who are paying attention to me. And you have some people who start at the bottom. And I have to admit, I have pretty good legs. And so they start at the bottom and they're like, oh, wow, <laughs> look at the legs. And then they slowly move up. And this is male and female. And I believe the cat is uh, has decided to join us again. Uh, we were hoping to do a podcast without her, but apparently she's going to come down and I think we're probably going to want to take a, a quick break so that we can bribe her once again. <laughs> but this cat is unbelievable. Her name is Shadow. She's a very sweet girl and she does not like being left alone. She was napping when we started here and... <laughs> And so I was pretty sure we were going to be able to sneak this in, but she must have this uh, spidey sense that we're doing something important and she wants to be a part of it. And I don't know if you can hear her meowing, but uh, Dante, let's uh, let's see if we can put this on pause and then we're going to uh, and then we're going to see if we can bribe her again. And we're back. Uh, the cat has been successfully bribed. Uh, I'm wondering if she's going to become a feature on our podcast. Because uh, this is now we're batting 0 for 2. Uh, she's batting for 2 for 2 with us. Uh, but anyway, I was talking about my legs and how great my legs are and how modest I am. <laughs> and it is interesting to walk down the street and have guys and women check out my legs. Because I'm not used to being looked at. I mean, for 40 years, well... For 49 years, I've lived as a guy. And 
you don't get looked at when you're a guy when you walk down the street you don't get <clears throat> you don't get looked at at all and now i do i get a lot of looks and when you get looked at when people think you're female and they start from the bottom and they're working their way up they get to my face and my face is not female i'm working on it but it's not there i think when people look at me i think it's, i'm clearly transgendered but what i find even funnier is the people who start at the top realize i'm transgendered but still can't resist an opportunity to take a look at my legs usually it's women usually it's women who do this because you can almost see like fine let's see what you got and then they're like okay well yeah i think i think you got something there uh so it's i also get called miss i've been call, getting called miss a lot which at age 49 is is fantastic i mean i do moisturize <laughs> but uh i think it might be my hair because my hair is a little bit curly now and it kind of covers my face uh and uh, so again i don't i you know the, the etiquette is not to pester people in new york now i did break it once i was walking down the street i think it was in soho and i saw alton brown and Dante and I, and Dante's brother, Michael, uh, the three of us are big Alton Brown fans. We went to see him twice, actually. We've seen him perform twice now. <clears throat> and this was before we saw him perform in Washington, D.C., his edible, incredible edible tour, whatever it's called. Alton, I apologize for not remembering what your what your show is called. Uh, but his television shows is, is Good Eats, which is phenomenal. If you want to learn how to cook or cook better, you have to watch it. Very, very well done. So we're huge fans. I saw him walking across, uh, walking on the other side of the street. So I decided to jog over. Now, this is before I started to present as female. It was actually after I decided that I was going to start coming out. So I think I was stressed creatively, shall we say. Uh, and I came over and I said, hey, Alton. And he turned and kind of looked at me like, uh-oh. And I said, hey, look, I'm a big fan. Um, taking the kids to see you at the Washington DC tour stop. And, and so we kind of chit chatted a little bit. Uh, I told him he taught me how to cook, which, uh, which my mom does not like hearing, <laughs> but Alton Brown was very integral to me learning how to cook. And, uh, so that, that was sort of the one time where I kind of broke the rule, but I think I probably have a list of maybe five people who I would break the rule for. Uh, but have, Dante, have you had have you had any uh, equivalent brushes with with greatness? Yeah, uh, when we were in London and and saw the Monty Python show, which was amazing, sitting a few rows behind us was uh, Eddie Izzard, and I saw him, and we walked over, and we we were big, huge fans of his, and we said hi, shook his hand. Well, actually, I should I should jump in real quick. Uh, we actually discussed whether we should do it. Yeah. Uh, we were we took a, a what a ten day trip to London over the summer. Uh, it was our first international trip. We had a fantastic time. We went to see, the, of course, the Doctor Who experience because that's <laughs> how we roll uh, in Cardiff, and we saw the Doctor Who reunion, and it was it was just uh, Monty Python was such a life altering sort of comedic show for me growing up and i just i had to go see it and it just happened to coincide with our trip and so we turn around because we had really good seats and we turn around and i see eddie zard walking behind us okay, and be i clear i saw him and pointed him out to you so perhaps <laughs> it is possible that dante saw 
Eddie first and pointed him out to me. That's not my recollection, but we'll go with yours. We'll go with yours since you're controlling the soundboard. <laughs> and so I, well, I, I think this might be accurate. You may actually correct me on this one as well. But I said, hey, do you want to go over and say hi? You know, this isn't appropriate, especially being in, in you know, the UK. It's really not appropriate. And, and you were incredibly enthusiastic. Yeah. No, I, I eventually I'm like, yeah, we, we have to say hi. We don't have to like get a picture because that's a little inappropriate. But just go over, say we're really big fans, maybe shake his hand. Well, we had just seen him on tour in yeah. Washington, D.C., the Force Majeure, probably mispronouncing that one, too, <laughs> uh, that part of his tour. Yeah. I actually had seen him six months earlier in New York. Uh, he was doing kind of an in-residency program, preparing for the tour and just sort of tweaking the material. So I've actually seen him twice now live. You've only seen him once. Well, I guess you've seen him twice. I've seen right. him three times. Now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so we walked over, uh, said that we're really big fans and, and just kind of shook his hand and left. We, It was a very quick event and it was before either of us had come out. So both of us, in our own minds, wanted to say how much of an inspiration he has been to us, but couldn't. <laughs> that was so true. I mean, I remember sitting there and wondering if I could get you to walk back to the seat without me so that I could tell him how inspirational he has been for me, because in the 90s, he was the first person I had seen who wasn't, you know, a quote-unquote drag queen who cross-dressed and didn't care. This was simply a part of who he was. It wasn't what defined him. And as we've watched a lot of his comedy shows now, he talks about being, in his case, as he self-identifies as a transvestite, or as a cross-dresser. And he talks about it, of being a bloke in a dress and, and accepting who you are and not being ashamed and coming out to people and how you're perceived. And every little two or three minute bit or five minute bit really helped me when I came out to people that maybe I should view myself as transgendered and not necessarily as a woman trapped in a man's body, which I've never... I have to say I've never actually felt that way because I didn't grow up as a woman. I don't know what it's like to be a woman. I can only be me, right? I can only share with you what my journey is. And that sort of perspective of accept who you are and live your life that way and be groovy <laughs> and be positive, uh, it was such a thrill for me to be able to say hi, and I was equally, I mean, you had a grin that almost split your face in half, how excited you were, and I was, I knew that when I, if I ever came out to you, that that would be what I leveraged, was to say, hey, it's kind of like Eddie, who you like, so in on some level, it's okay. Uh, if you had had a chance, if I had gone back, what would you have said to him? I really don't know that I would have said anything else. I I done really what I wanted whenever like. Well, I have to admit, I did. It was kind of cool. We went up and I said, "Hey, Eddie, we're from the states. I apologize for interrupting. I know it's not appropriate, but we actually just had seen you, you know, two months ago, 
in Washington, D.C. We're huge fans, and we just wanted to come by and say hi. Uh, this is my son, Dante, and he shook your hand. He said, hi, Dante. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think I said, hey, I'm Ditch. And, and so we shook hands. I think we also mentioned that we had worn his T-shirt. We brought – Yes. We had a stack of T-shirts that you know, each day when we're in the U.K., we're going to wear a different T-shirt. And here's our Monty Python T-shirt, and here's our Eddie Izzard T-shirt, and here's our Doctor Who T-shirt stacks. And – and uh, and I think we had our Mythbusters, and I think we had a few other T-shirts that, that we were wearing. But we had literally worn his shirt the day before. And I think we told him that if we had known he was going to be there, that we would have worn his shirt instead, which kind of threw him off. But he was so nice. He yeah. was so incredibly, incredibly nice. Uh, and I have to say, you know, I, at some point we're going to get guests on this podcast. At least I hope we're going to get. Uh, guests on the podcast, but you know, I do have a dream list of probably ten people who I would I would kill, literally <laughs> murder, to have uh, them on. And Eddie is absolutely, absolutely in that list. I would be absolutely thrilled. Hey, I'm using the word absolutely a lot. Yeah. Uh, I I think I I've t- I've told Dante this when we were preparing for the podcast. We were talking about being careful of using words over and over and over again. If you listen to the uh, Breaking Bad Insider podcast and the Better Call Saul Insider podcast, Vince Gilligan uses the word wonderful over and over and over again. By the way, he's also someone who's on the top 10. (laughs) And so back in the early 2000s, I was working at AOL and I had created the very first online reality series called The Startup for AOL Small Business. And we followed four small businesses over the course of a year. No one got voted off the island. We just wanted to show people what it was like to start their own business. And so for season two, I got to do a radio satellite tour where you sit in your office and you have 10 interviews back to back to back to back. And you have a sheet of paper telling you what radio station, the name of the host and what the town is. And it's just this whirlwind thing where you're chatting about it. You're trying to have energy. You're trying to be positive. And the PR person from AOL is sitting across from you, making sure you don't say the wrong thing, you don't use profanity, which in my case was a real danger. And it was awesome. The only downside is they give you back then, I don't know if MP3s were around back then, but I would I got digital files to hear what I sounded like. And every single question that I got asked, I began my answer with absolutely, absolutely. And so I had to vow that I would not do that for this podcast. And then when we kind of did a test run, you started to use the word absolutely. And so I guess that's sort of my my go-to when I'm not sure what to say next. If I can add something real quick, if uh, Vince Gilligan or Eddie Izzard is listening right now, send us an email. We'd love to have you on. <laughs> yes, and actually the email... Well, I, I guess we can jump ahead a little bit. I was going to talk about this at the end, but we do have a website, adventuresandtransgendering.com, uh, and it's where the podcast is is there. Uh, we're now on iTunes. We're now available on iTunes, so there's that. And so uh, all the links are in there. You can like us, like our Facebook page. And you, I, I haven't set up the domain to receive emails but you can send us emails uh, at my personal email uh, and my work email, which is dig, D-I-G, at typingmonkeys.com. Uh, we'd love to hear comments, uh, questions. And again, Vince, Eddie, if you're listening, uh, please let us know your availability uh, so you can come down to uh, 
downtown Gaithersburg, Maryland. Uh, soon, <laughs> though, uh, when Dante starts at MICA, you're going to be starting at MICA in August. I'm moving up to New York City full time. So we'll be moving the podcast up there. I don't know how we're going to be handling you. You may have to take the train up every week. Yeah. Uh, we may have to Skype you in. But uh, but this actually, I think, it leads in perfectly to our next segment. And we have gotten some feedback. We've gotten some comments on the podcast. And I'd love to do a mailbag segment. Tony Kornheiser, who's pretty famous locally. I mean, he does PTI and ESPN, but he does a local radio show. And he has Mr. Tony's mailbag and and has a little theme song that's sung by Gary Big Time Braun. Yes, I am a longtime little of the show. Uh, but I think it would be cool for us to to have maybe a theme song. Yeah. You know, I mean, you were just in Godspell. Yeah, you just I have a whole bunch of singers. Maybe you could work with them. We could do a choral arrangement. Digi's mailbag, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. So anyway, let me uh, let me jump into this. I think we have three or four emails here. Uh, Rick in New York uh, says that we should do a video podcast. Huh. Well, <laughs> if we did that, we wouldn't have to explain how we looked. We would not have to explain. We would probably it would be a shorter podcast. Uh, it, it, he said, I said, look, I don't, I don't know, you know, I kind of responded. We kind of went back and forth on this and, and I don't know, I, I, like, I'm not going to do a full setup, you know, right now it's just two microphones and, and two people in the basement doing a podcast. And he's like, no, 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 just get an iPhone six and set it up and, and do it. But, uh, but then I guess we wouldn't be able to do clean edits anymore unless we used multiple iPhones yeah. and sort of record. But I think that would be awesome. I think, yeah. you know, maybe at some point in the future, uh, if we become popular enough, yeah. uh, I think it would, awesome. it would be it would be great to... Yeah, I, but so far, I mean, we're still figuring out the audio and all that. So hopefully we'll figure this out first. Yeah, I think I think let's, let's do this first. Maybe once we're up in New York, uh, you know, we can use some uh, different space. And, uh, ooh, maybe we could do it out the, out the, the window. And we could have like the New York, oh yeah, cityscape. That'd be nice. Though so probably the apartment that I ended up getting, it's just going to be like a wall <laughs> outside of the outside of the window. Our next comment is from London. Ooh. We we have an international following now. This is from Lon, uh, and, <laughs> and her comment is two words: more Dante. Okay, I can do that. Well, you can do that, but I tend not to let you get a word in edgewise. So perhaps, though, I guess the flip side of that is less dig. Yeah. I don't know, Lon. I, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. I mean, I think the problem is twofold. You talk a lot, and I am much more passive. I like listening. So I tend to only answer questions rather than giving my own opinions, but I'll hopefully get better. Well, I think you've actually talked a heck of a lot more this time than than last time. And part of it's just getting comfortable, I think. I think with doing it, we also have another uh, another comment from New York City from Christine that uh, she wanted more uh, appearances from the cat, and I think we've successfully yeah. uh, done that. Uh, Shadow, hopefully, uh, hopefully she's not going to continue to show up, but knowing my luck, yeah, she will. Uh, the the last comment we got is from Deb in Washington D.C., uh, and she is an ally of the transgender community and in a very positive and groovy way she mentioned that i use the term transgendered 
to describe myself, and that the transgender community doesn't really use that term anymore. They use the term transgender, no ED at the end. And she shared with us uh, the GLAD media reference guidelines. Uh, and it's listed, transgendered is, is listed as problematic. Preferred is transgendered. Uh, the adjective transgender should never have an extraneous ED tacked onto the end. An ED suffix adds unnecessary length to the word and can cause tense confusion and grammatical errors. It also brings transgender into alignment with lesbian, gay, and bisexual. So uh, I guess in, in responding to this, let me first say that GLAD does tremendous work. And so any comment I have, uh, please bear in mind that, number one, I'm only speaking for myself. And this is not a criticism of, of GLAD. Uh, I have a tremendous respect and, and, and again, they've, they've done great work, but when I was growing up, you know, in the seventies and eighties, it was, it was Rocky Horror Picture Show. It was transvestite. It was transsexual. And that was really the only language that I was aware of. It was pre-internet. So we certainly couldn't do any sort of research. Uh, and and it was so hard to find a word that spoke to what I was experiencing. And the analogy I like to use is people who run a marathon. You know, they're runners or they're marathoners, I guess. But there's one word for a person who runs a marathon. I, I, unless maybe the running community is going yeah. to send me, you know, emails and tell me, no, 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 there's 25 different words you could use. But, you know, imagine that there are that akin to this experience that there is a word for a person who starts a marathon and a word for a person who gets five miles in and a word for 10 miles, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, until they get to 26.2 and they complete the marathon because every month, in this journey, certainly over the past eight months since I came out and accepted who I am, and then whatever, six months ago and started coming out to people, and probably in the last two or three months where I went public with this, completely, completely out. And now I'm able to be who I am. And every week and every month, I find myself on this road passing exits that I never thought I was going to pass. So in the 90s, I heard the word transgendered and it spoke to me. It was a lifeline to me. And I have to admit, you know, I was crazy busy in the 2000s working and raising kids. And I I was oblivious to this sort of conversation that was going on as to what terminology best describes. Uh, but for me, transgendered, it speaks to me. And I realize now it's no longer in vogue and that transgendered is, is the preferred usage. And that's great. It's awesome. But I prefer for me, only for me, the word transgendered. I'm a writer. And it it most accurately describes what I'm feeling. And I mean, let's face it, we're creating words. 
we've been creating words over the past 20, 30 years. And, and, you know, maybe 10 years from now, transgender is not going to be the appropriate term and we're going to latch on to something new. So from here on out, uh, I'm going to continue to refer to myself as transgendered. I will refer to everyone else as transgender or however people want to be referenced. Uh, but I feel, I fear that focusing on whether this word should have ed at the end is sort of missing the forest for the trees. That that's not what we should be talking about. We should be talking about acceptance. And that's what we should be spending our time on. Uh, I should also note that going through these guidelines, I did not see gender fluid, <clears throat> which is how you self-describe. Yeah. So I don't know how you feel about this. I, certainly I, I could go on for another hour, <laughs> and I'm sure I will. Yes. Uh, I mean, looking through the guidelines, there were categories that were more general than I've always viewed them that could incorporate myself. But I feel that because this is the guideline they're using to give to media so that they can ask questions without being insensitive or anything, adding that, adding gender fluid is a step that isn't ready yet because people are still trying to figure out what transgender is and to figure out how someone would be switching between transgendered and not would, is another step that I just don't think is they're ready for it yet or or whatever yeah i mean look there's a lot of words out there there's a lot of <laughs> yeah. words and and i i know i have struggled with trying to find the right terminology i i want to simply be accepted as a person and you know i don't think at least in the communities i've lived in the areas i've lived in for someone who's gay it's not a big deal anymore and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Certainly when I was coming out to people and people thought that was going to be my big news is that I was gay. No one cared. They're like, dude, seriously, it's not a big deal. And my hope is that at some point we get to where being transgender, being transgendered, being gender fluid is not a big deal. It's merely an expression of who we are. And people go, oh, okay, awesome. Where do you want to go grab a drink? That's that would that would be really nice. So let me just kind of, I guess, end this segment by saying that uh, a lot of people are hesitant to ask me questions. They're hesitant to ask me about pronouns or to ask about terminology, and. All I can say is I I don't mind questions. I love questions. And I would rather, in a positive, groovy way, say, you know what? I'm not comfortable answering that. But I want to have the dialogue. And I want people to feel comfortable having conversations. And I want people on the street to be able to come up to me and say, if they want to, hey, I think it's terrific that you're being who you are. Or I was in a bar one night and I was chatting with a person. I told him I was transgendered. And he he said, oh, wow, that's that's awesome. Which way are you going? 
And I just thought it for me, for me, it was such an awesome question because he couldn't tell. I was somewhere in between and he didn't want to make a mistake. And it was just such a refreshing question. But I love questions and I love talking about it. And anything that we do that limits speech, that limits people's ability to be able to ask questions. I mean, I was chatting with someone on Skype today and and she's like, yeah, I don't know how to talk about you to other people. And I'm like. I don't care if it comes from a good place. I can tell you what I think you should do. But again, let's not let's not have this political correctness create this web of fear, which is an episode of Doctor Who, by the way, uh, create this web of fear that prevents us from having a dialogue. Wow, that was a pretty good rant. Apologies uh, to Brad Dourif. I think I just stole his line from when I interviewed him a few years back. Uh, anyway, uh, looking at the clock, uh, it looks like uh, we've actually kind of run out of time. We've been trying to keep these podcasts to 30, 35 minutes. I know at some point they're going to start creeping up uh, to be a little bit longer, but I don't think I'm ready to, to, to really do that yet. What we didn't get to was actually what our intended topic for the day was, was the nature of coming out to people. And I guess uh, we will we will try to get to that next week. So let's wrap this up and uh, kind of do our thank yous. I'd like to thank MelodyLoops.com for providing us free music. Uh, what's the name of the music and, and the the person who it's what? Mike Noah. And, and what's the name of the music? The First Light. First Light. And you'll be playing us out with that. Uh, I also want to thank Hungry Tenor at Redbubble. If you go to redbubble.com and search on Hungry Tenor, this is the artist who created our logo and is allowing us to use it. Uh, I I got the t-shirt with it, uh, and maybe at some point, uh, if we get popular enough, we can talk to him about doing t-shirts for the podcast, which would be pretty cool. Uh, and you can see that at adventuresintransgendering.com, which is our website. And I have a blog there uh, talking about my initial coming out process. Uh, there are links to the podcast itself. We, as I said, we are now on iTunes, which is pretty exciting. So there's a link to subscribe on iTunes. There's a link to subscribe via RSS. And if you just want to listen through your web browser, you can do that uh, as well. Uh, there's a link to our Facebook page. I still have not set up a unique URL because Adventures in Transgendering uh, was taken as a page name, uh, even though there's no page. I don't know why uh, it's been taken. But you can like us there. And if you like us, we post when we're adding fresh content and fresh podcasts. So it, it, please, please show us that you like us. <laughs> uh, let me thank Dante. Uh, this has been terrific. I think you've spoken a little bit more than last time. Yeah, hopefully it only goes up from here. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know. I think we're gonna have to we have to watch. We may have to start doing, start counting our lines on a script sort of thing, and because uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I'm comfortable you taking this much mic time away from me. Uh, thank you to the listeners. Uh, we we joked last time that we were hoping to get to ten. We have a lot more than ten listeners <laughs> now, which is uh, which is stunning to me and awesome. And so please continue to share the word. Uh, far and wide, uh, we are already an international podcast, which is which is kind of exciting. Uh, if anyone has any more comments, uh, questions, wants to talk about my rants or whatever, please drop us a note, dig at typingmonkeys.com. 
Vincinetti, I eagerly await your emails. Dante, play us out.